Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. If you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 15. Luke 2, 1 to 15. We're going to read uh, some scripture together about the first Christmas when Jesus was born. And uh, we're going to just spend some time there thinking, pondering some of these things. Uh, And I I hope that this will bless you. And I hope that this will help you to make the most out of this season and moving forward as well. So Luke 2, chapter 1 to... Sorry, Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 15. Uh, If you're there, can I hear a good amen? All right, let's go. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinus was governing Syria, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a man- manger. Manger? Manger. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who understand that, you know, pret, uh, pr- anyway, pret. Um, a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which you will be to all men. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe, a baby, okay, not not anything else, a a baby or babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel with a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. Amen. God bless the reading of His Word. You know, many times we look at this scripture uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we, I, I, one of the things that immediately hop up to me is the, is the missed opportunity. It's the missed opportunity. Could you imagine? I know that the scripture says that there was no room for them in the inn. Um, but could you imagine if, if the innkeeper made room? Yeah. Can you imagine? Because the truth is this, that we live in a world today where we love to visit locations that have been, you know, previously, uh, I won't say occupied, but you know, no celebrities or, or, or important people, you know, that has previously lived there, were born there, etc. Uh, I know near Paddington Station, in, in one of the hospitals there, uh, is the room where uh, Sir Alexander Fleming first discovered penicillin and they have like a little plaque there. Um, and I know for a fact that, you know, um, there are, uh, uh, you know, that there's, a, there's a place, you know, uh, you know uh, called, what's it called? That famous tea place, uh, uh, sketch, sketch is it sketch? Uh, the, the fancy, and I know that some people go there because they heard that celebrities have been spotted there before. That Taylor Swift had had 
English tea there before, and a lot of people go there because they, they want to have some tea with Tete, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, uh, and, and I know that some people, you know, would even pay. Recently, there was this, you know, strange Instagram personality called Salt Bay and he opened a restaurant in London and I, I know people went there to pay top dollar in hopes of seeing this person come out and oversprinkle their steak with salt. You know what I'm saying? You know, and, and we, we would go to all these places. I still remember recently when I was in uh, Iceland with Pastor Cat for a little short little holiday. Uh, on, on one of the nights, we came back from hiking and we thought, oh, I'm so tired. Hey, why don't we go to this place? And we, it's our first time in Iceland, so we didn't know better. And she said that, I heard that there's this, there's this place that sells uh, hot dogs that's really famous because... Uh, uh, one of the former presidents of the United States, Bill Clinton, actually went there to, to, to eat the hot dog there. So let's go! And we went. And it turns out it wasn't a restaurant, it wasn't a cafe, it was just a little stall by the side of the road. But even though it's a stall by the side of the road, they, they, they put it up there that, wow, this is one of the hot dogs that Bill Clinton came here to eat. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is that we live in a world that is kind of like, I won't say celebrity obsessed, but to a certain extent, uh, that we will go, you know, far and, and, and wide to look for places to just be in the same room, you know, maybe centuries apart with famous people, uh, just to kind of experience what it might have been like. You know, I know some of us here, we, we love this place called Mamad Don. Do you know that before it was called Mamad Don, it was called... Um, Oh, shucks, I know this. It was called uh, something Don. Not Udon, but it was called Sushi, sushi Bento. I think it was called Sushi Bento. Same people running the place, but they serve Japanese food. Did you know that when it was Sushi Bento, at one time, Selena Gomez actually went there to eat? Uh, because I got to know the, the owner, you know, uh, Shirley, a little bit better. So if you go there, please, you know, to see the, the lady boss there. Her name is Shirley. Please be a blessing to her. Uh, and uh, she's been very kind to us as well as a church. And she once told me to say, yeah, you know, and she showed me a picture. And uh, so the next time, if you, if you buy me tea at uh, Mama Dawn, I'll tell you where Selena Gomez sat. Uh, and uh, so basically she mentioned that, yeah, one time, you know, this famous celebrity Selena Gomez was, uh, you know, going to check out Camden Market and, and in the end, you know, decided to just go in there to grab some sushi and the manager came in and said, we want to book the whole restaurant uh, so that, you know, Selena Gomez can be at the back having some sushi away from the paparazzi and etc. But we go all out, don't we? You know, and, I, I, and when I read this, I go like, wow, what a missed opportunity. You know, if only the inn had room. You know, and when we read the Christmas story, many times we look at the Christmas story and we go like, yeah, I know there was no room in the inn. Uh, and we kind of leave it at, at that. Uh, but I want you to know that one of the things that we forget about Christmas is that, you know, this, the, 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 the first coming of Jesus, the first coming of Jesus, uh, and, and there was no room for him in the inn. And, and what we forget about Christmas is that every year during the season, uh, this question is again asked to all of mankind. When Jesus first came, we didn't make room for him. Are you making room for him right now? And I know not all of us here are innkeepers, but all of us have an in, an in our hearts, an in our minds, an in our lives. So if you're taking down notes, I'd want you to put down today's title, Make Room in the Inn. But don't spell it with two N's, spell it with one. And I pray that as we come to the end of the year, and I know it's a scary thought for some people, 
may we not miss out. Because when Jesus first came, there was no room for him. And I find that every year when we celebrate Christmas, we remember a lot of things about Christmas. We remember that he came. We remember that he, there was no room. We remember that he came as a present. And so that's why some of us, we give up presents to people. We know that, you know, he came, you know, and, and, and just like how the angels proclaim, you know, peace and goodwill towards men. And we sing that. And so we, we do a lot of things, but sometimes I think we forget to respond. We forget to respond to Jesus. We celebrate His coming and we celebrate with much gift giving and, and food and all that is wonderful. Family gatherings are great, but we also forget to respond to Jesus on a personal level. And, and so I want us to, to, to meditate on this scripture today. And, and I hope that in this season of Christmas that we too will make an initiative. Before the new year comes, let us start by saying that, you know what, I want to make room. How many know that if something is important for you, you make room for it? And how many know that if you love something enough, you make room for it? Uh, we know this because some of us here, we really love our desserts. Oh, we love desserts so much. And how many of you have heard this before, that I'm too full, I'm too full, but there's always room for dessert. And it's as if that you can, I don't know, shift your stomach, you know, even though we know that you didn't really shift your stomach. The truth is this, you love sweets so much, you love desserts so much, the very thought of dessert, the very thought of sweets makes you smile, makes you happy, that no matter how your stomach is feeling, no matter how bloated you are, you are speaking to yourself, hey, make room. Come on, shift some space. Come on, you know, immediately you, you, you transform from a human to become a cow. You know how cows have a few stomachs, right? And sometimes we wish that we had a separate stomach for dessert. In fact, I know some people say that. And so my hope is this. I know that a lot of us here, we live busy lives. You know, we have different careers. Some of us are students and that's a very busy career in itself. Some of us are working and that's a very busy career in itself. And, and we sometimes we have multiple responsibilities on top of being a student or, or someone that's working you have different responsibilities in the organization, in church, or even in your personal life. But friends, no matter how busy you are, make room in the inn. Amen? And so today, in, in a little fun exercise, I want us to use our imagination a little bit. Now, we know for a fact that uh, Jesus wasn't born in an inn. He was born in a manger. And even if you go to Israel today, they don't show you the inn. They show you the manger. And so what a missed opportunity that is. And so I just want to bring us through a little imagination exercise and learn from this and go like, what could have been some of the reasons? What could have been some of the rationale uh, uh, by the innkeeper, by the person running that space to, to turn uh, uh, Joseph and Mary away? Uh, because they were there in town and back then there was no bus, they had to walk, they had to go by donkey or whatever and it took some time, you know, uh, to go back to be registered and by the time they reached, you know, uh, Jesus was ready to be born into the world. And, and, and I kind of helped but imagine that, you know, it was just Joseph and Mary. You know, they, they were not impressive and, 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 you know, maybe it was that, that, that lack of, of, I don't know, impressiveness, if I can use my broken English, um, that, that, you know, caused them to be turned away. I can imagine, you know, um, if they were a little bit 
richer? Have you seen some rich people boss their way around? You know, I've seen, right? I've seen uh, 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 organizations, I've seen uh, uh, department stores and, and different retail units uh, uh, bend over backwards because they know that this person in front of them is, is rich and will pay top dollar. There was one time I was in Harrods with uh, Pastor Cat, and this was, this was some years ago because you know by the reference of this boy band, One Direction was very big. Uh, and uh, we, were, we were just kind of like, you know, Harrods was one of those places that is nice to see, nice to hold, but nothing can be touched or sold, uh, by us at least. And, and so we, we just went there to just kind of like have a look-see and we saw these two kids, these two kids, and they were just running around with this trolley of a basket and anything that had one direction on it, they were grabbing it and chucking it into the bag, grabbing it and chucking it in the bag, grabbing it and chucking it in the bag. And we started going like, oh wow, they were just running around, <laughs> chuck, 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 chuck. And after a while, we realised that these are just two kids. They look so normal. They, they look so ordinary. And I'll come back to that word in a while. But I want us to remember, ordinary. They look so ordinary. But the, the staff were helping them, being so helpful. And when one basket was full, they go like, here, would you like a new basket? Let me take this to the till and I'll, 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 I'll you know, wait for you there. And then later they found out behind these two ordinary kids were two very rich parents. And so the, the, the people running that department, I don't know what department that was, the One Direction department in Harrods, uh, uh, they knew that even though these two kids looked ordinary, they were not ordinary. And so they gave them extraordinary service and care. Right? And so, no long story short, they were rich because we, me and Pastor Cat just kind of like hung around for a little bit just to see how much the total tally would be. Uh, the total tally of One Direction merch, merchandise uh, was close to 800 pounds uh, by these two little kids. Anyway, my first point is this, ordinary, ordinary. Were they turned away because they were too ordinary looking? If Joseph and Mary came looking like, I don't know, remember that scene in uh, Aladdin, whether the animated or the live-action remake, where, you know, uh, Aladdin disguised as Prince Ali came in, make way for Prince Ali, and then it's like, you know, all the dancing girls and all that. I wonder if Joseph and Mary rolled into town like that with a huge entourage, would the innkeeper have made way? But instead, they came looking very ordinary. They came as an ordinary couple. And my encouragement for us today is this, could we be missing out on the next move of God because it's looking too ordinary? What I'm saying is this, that, you know, the innkeeper didn't know that what was in Mary was the saviour of the world because Mary looked very ordinary. What is something ordinary that God has been challenging you to obey that you've been procrastinating because it looked too or sounded too ordinary. Not realizing that in that ordinary request, in that ordinary packaging, in that ordinary obedience could be the next move of God that you've been waiting for, that you've been praying for. Do you know that the people of Israel were praying for a Savior and the Savior did come, but it looked too ordinary and they didn't get it the first time around. Maybe God is setting you up for a next breakthrough. What are you praying for, hoping for in this year? And, and you're, maybe you're, you're believing God for a job. You're believing God for a promotion. 
You're believing God for grades. You're believing God for direction. You're believing God for something, you know, uh, 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 whatever is a life partner. What, nothing wrong with all those things. But, but maybe God, instead of blessing you and zapping you with that breakthrough, you know, how many know that maybe God is asking you to obey in something ordinary first? Maybe some of us here, we are saying that, God, I want to go deeper in you. I want to grow my faith. And maybe the ordinary thing that God's been whispering into your ear all this while has been, wake up a little bit earlier. And you're thinking to yourself, this is nothing spiritual. This sounds so ordinary. But maybe it's in that waking up a little bit earlier that will lead you to, I don't know, more time to pray more time to process your thoughts with God, more time to, I don't know, read His Word. Maybe some of us here, we've been challenged by God, something ordinary, so ordinary called serve. And here you are going like, I want to know God, Pastor. If only you knew my new year, I already have my new year resolution. I want to know God. I want to go deeper in Him. I want to do more. I want to be more knowledgeable. I want to blah, 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 blah. And maybe God's already giving you the key to that breakthrough, but you're not getting it because it looks too ordinary. And maybe it's in the form of serve. Maybe God's been whispering to you this ordinary word called homes. Start going to it. Or maybe God's saying to you this ordinary word like give. Maybe God's giving you this ordinary word like, I don't know, stay. Stay, be rooted in church. Stay committed. No, stay, you know, in the presence of God. Stay. And, and it's always, it's always these small ordinary words that sometimes we, we find it easiest to forget. We find it easiest to ignore because they don't sound impressive. Right? And, and so, I, our first point that, that, that maybe the, the innkeepers got wrong was because this young couple looked too ordinary. So, friends, if we can all agree that the innkeeper had a missed opportunity, let us not miss this opportunity. And, and, and this year, may you, may you be a little bit more obedient in your life, in your personal walk with God, uh, uh, with something more ordinary. Amen? Is this speaking to some people here? You know, has God been whispering to you? You know, uh, maybe for some of us that the ordinary thing is to, to stop, is to, I don't know, maybe certain things, you know, uh, they, in your life that, that you are holding on to, that God is saying that you don't need that. You need to stop that. You need to give up that. And it sounds so ordinary. Uh, in fact, we, we, it's so ordinary that we hate it, but maybe that is your next breakthrough in disguise. Amen. Praise God. Well, point number two is this, you know, what other options? Because I'm just using our imagination. So we all know that, you know, they were turned away, maybe because they looked too ordinary. But what other options? I'm not here to make the innkeeper look bad, right? Uh, but I'm just thinking, what other options? What other options? Um, I wonder if the innkeeper could have gone out of the way to help them look for another place. I'm sure innkeepers know each other. Right? Uh, because, you know, part of what we do uh, for church is making sure that we are booked in every, every week and every year and stuff like that. And, and so sometimes what happens is when, they, when we give them our dates and they go like, oh, thanks for giving us our dates. And, 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 but, you know, uh, this room uh, that you wanted uh, is, is not available. But you know what? Let me, let me look for another room, you know, that can, that can uh, fit your group. 
In fact, I still remember one time, um, this, this, you know, last minute due to, I think, COVID or different things, I think our, our booking had to be, you know, cancelled. Uh, but the person was just nice enough to go like, but, but if you want, uh, let, me, let me send you some contacts I have. Uh, some hotels nearby. Because, you know, we, we, we all, we're all in this hospitality business together. So we know people. We know that we help each other out, you know, and, and as a way to repay, you know, professional courtesy and stuff like that. So I'm just using my imagination going, I wonder if the innkeeper, I'm sure the innkeeper would have had some connections. And I wonder why didn't the keeper, innkeeper go out of the way? And could it be because it's a little bit out of the way? It's a little bit out of the way to go out of the way for this ordinary looking couple. So point number two is this, out of the way. Is God challenging you to, to do something, this step of obedience? And maybe this step of obedience, this challenge of obedience, it's not so ordinary, but it's definitely out of the way. It's definitely, another word for out of the way is inconvenient. Is God challenging you something to, that, that sounds like a real inconvenience? Is God asking you to bless someone this, this Christmas season? To open up your place to someone this Christmas season? To open up yourself to someone this Christmas season? And it's a little bit out of the way. It's a little bit inconvenient. It's a little bit, you know, oh, oh you know, God, you know, have you been there before when, when you're minding your own business and God drops uh, uh, someone, a name in your heart and then suddenly you go like, oh, I wonder what, what should I do, you know? And this person is living the other side of town. This person is living the other side of the world. And suddenly God is dropping you this name and you're wondering to yourself, oh, no, what's the point? Should I text this person? Should I call this person? Should I visit this person? Should I buy something and surprise this person with some, you know, uh, delivery blessing? Uh, but it's also out of the way. Oh, I'm sure there are people taking care of them that side of town. I'm sure that if they needed something, they would have... How many of you have, have you know, um, pushed out the voice of God, pushed out the nudging of the Holy Spirit because it was too out of the way? And so here, friends, I'm here to remind you again, just like how the innkeeper, it was, it was inconvenient, you know, they neither went out of the way for Jesus, nor they, because it was maybe too out of the way to serve something so big for this young couple, you know, maybe God is challenging us here. You know, is there something that, that He's been nagging at you? I hate to use this word, but, but you know, maybe this is a word for, for some of us here. You know that the Holy Spirit has been telling you something, you know, again and again and again and again. You keep shrugging off, but again and again and again. But we require you to be obedient. You need to get out of your way. You know, you need to get a little bit, I don't know, more surrendered. Or maybe it's more literal. You literally have to move some things out of the way. You know, like, you know, like I said, you know, we, we, we have this ability to shift our stomach and go like, you know, ah, time for desserts. <coughs> but maybe for some of us in this season, you know, maybe it's time to shift some dates. Not stomach, but shift some, some dates and shift some commitments and go like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out of the way to move some things out of the way so that I can... I can be a blessing. You know, maybe, for example, you know, we're doing this community cheer 
And maybe you're thinking to yourself, oh, my homes is doing it on a particular day, Wednesday. But I'm not free on Wednesday. Maybe, maybe. I'm not saying that God is, but maybe. Maybe whatever is occupying that Wednesday, maybe that needs to be moved out of the way. Because maybe this move of God is more important than you realize. Or, or maybe you need to get out of the way and go like, I'm not free on Wednesday, but I am free on Friday. But what? Stratford? Who goes to Stratford? In fact, a lot of people go to Stratford, okay? So, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Especially if you're living in the other side of town. And you're thinking to yourself, Stratford, oh, to go there, it needs to incur more costs. I have to travel further. You know, uh, I don't really know the people. It's okay, they're very friendly. And, uh, and maybe that's what's needed. Now, I'm just using this as an example. I'm not, I'm not here to, you know, guilt trip. Your home leader hasn't been spying on you. I mean, they probably have, but they didn't tell me about it, okay? They didn't go like, you know, uh, you know pastor, say this, say this, okay? Poke them, poke them this way. No, no, no. Nobody has told me to poke you in this way or that way, except maybe the Holy Spirit, okay? And so, out of the way, has God been challenging you something that will require you to get out of your comfort zone a little, Get out of what you have grown accustomed to, you know? Uh, and, and, and maybe this is an area that you need to surrender. Uh, isn't it funny that we live in a world today that, that both hates labels and loves labels at the same time? Nobody here likes to be called a control freak. But everyone here will many times refer to yourself as OCD. But it's the same thing. Right? Isn't it ironic that, that we live in a culture where we, hey, don't label me, but we will happily label ourselves. And we find identity, or should I say, we find false identity in some of these made-up things. And maybe this season, God is asking us to move some of these false securities away. Some of us, we've been putting our confidence in the wrong area. How know that, you know, uh, you know, that's only one person you can be confident in and, and it's not yourself, it's Jesus. And maybe along the way, in a very well-meaning way, we put our confidence in our finances. We put our confidence in our, our job performance. We put our confidence in our identity at work. You know, or, 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 I don't know, our social identity, whatever it is. And, and maybe God is saying that it's time to move those things out of the way and come back you know, to Him and come into obedience to Him. Amen? Praise God. Well, third point is this, right? What other, what other things, okay? Too ordinary, turn them away. Or maybe they could have been a little bit kind-hearted and go, let me go out of the way to look for you, but, but maybe they look too ordinary for this innkeeper to go out of the way. But maybe there was a third option. The third option... You know, it sounds a little bit outrageous. The innkeeper could have given up. The Christmas story would have been totally different. And the innkeeper had compassion and gave up. And then the angels appeared to the innkeeper and go like, Blessed are you who gave up your room. For today is born to you. And you know what I'm saying? And then, wow, that room now, that bedroom now will forever be holy and, and special. And wow, you know, uh, think of just even the business revenue of the innkeeper. You know? <laughs> it, uh, but, but it's outrageous, isn't it? To go like, you know what? You know, on grounds of compassion, this young couple look down on their luck. You no, know? and, and you know, that Mary is there because the Bible says that time to give birth. Maybe it was already like, ah! 
Maybe it would be a bit outrageous, but it would have been so powerful if the innkeeper had opened up and said, you know what? Come, come, come. Use my room instead. You know, because I've been young once. I know how painful it is to give birth. You know, I, you know just, just come in, just come in, just come in. But that didn't happen. Because again, on the surface, a little bit too outrageous. Don't say this innkeeper. Like I said, we're not here to, to go like, oh, pff, this innkeeper, you know, uh, he or her. Uh, because this happens to us as well. How many of us would give up our rooms for a complete stranger? Outrageous, preposterous. Which brings me to my third point, outrageous. Is God challenging you something that right now is, seems outrageous to you? It sounds crazy to you. I'm not saying that God is asking us to do something illegal. <laughs> not that kind of crazy. Not that kind of outrageous. All right? If you're hearing any voice in your mind that tells you to kill someone, that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Come, we'll talk, and we'll get that voice out of you. But could it be that some of us here, you know, we've been holding on to something, and God is asking us to give that up, and that sounds crazy sounds outrageous. But just because it's outrageous doesn't mean that it's not from God. And you know what's crazy outrageous? You know, is, is the fact that the angels appeared to the shepherds and they declared that today is born a king, Messiah, Christ the Lord. And you know what's crazy? Is that with a room or without a room, Christ was glorified. And, and God would involve us in that. Am I making sense to people? In the first Christmas, Jesus, of course, we knew was end up being born in a manger. But even though he was born in a manger, the angels glorified him. And Christ remained glorified whether he was in the manger or in an inn. What that speaks to me is about the fact that God doesn't need our help. God doesn't need our involvement. God doesn't need our prayers. But you know what's the most outrageous thing about truly about God? And I mean this with love and respect, is that He involves us anyway. Does that make sense? It's like He doesn't need us. God didn't need us. I said this many times before, the fact that we, we, we serve a God that is, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three but one, uh, is, is beautiful. It's not outrageous or mind-boggling. It's beautiful because it means that even without the rest of creation, without angels, without planets, without nothing, God being God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, within them, they know love and they're giving love. And so don't ever think that, oh, the reason why humanity is so messed up was because of the human experiment. God didn't experiment with humankind. God didn't go like, I wonder what it will be to have earthly representatives on earth. I wonder what it will be to be loved. I wonder what it will be to have my heart broken. No, no, no. God didn't need us. God didn't need humanity. God didn't need all of that. But He wanted us anyway. You know, the Bible says, you know, in, I think in, in Romans, it talks about how that we have been adopted by the Holy Spirit. And that's a beautiful picture because nobody who adopts uh, uh, you know, does so without knowing the, that the child is not theirs. 
And so it's not like an accidental, like, oh, I thought you were my child. Oh, I guess, you know, now that I brought you back from the hospital, you're, you're stuck with us. No, no, no. You know, adoption happened when, when, when parents look at this child who they know is, could be an orphan, unwanted, whatever, and go like, we want this child. And so the beautiful thing is this, the most outrageous thing about God is this, that He doesn't need us, but He wants us. And He welcomes our involvement. And so let me come back to that outrageous thing. What is this outrageous thing? Maybe for some of us here, God's challenging you to, I don't know, Again, as I'm using these as examples, I'm not trying to insinuate anything. Maybe God's challenging some people in the new year, I want you to be more generous. And, and we, we earn, you know, we, I know none of you here have any illegal or crime activities that I know of. And so I know that you guys are no law-abiding, tax-paying citizens. And, you know, already people are saying all sorts of things about the new year, or tax this, or inflation that, and no, all economy, blah, blah, blah. And maybe yet the Holy Spirit is asking you, I want you to be more generous. And that can sound very outrageous for someone who is just, you know, trying to make ends meet. Some of us here, we're, we're working and we're paying our own bills and we're, we're doing our best. And maybe some people here, you're even secretly supporting some family members. You're sending money back. I don't know, maybe. And yet the Lord is challenging you to say that, hey, be a bit more generous. And it's not that like you haven't been generous. That's why it's outrageous. God, haven't you seen? Haven't you seen my commitments and yet you're asking me to do this? And this is where we need to come back to that point. The, most, the more outrageous thing is this, that God doesn't need our giving, but He involves us anyway, which means that there could be a greater move of God behind that. So don't let outrageous scare you. Don't let outrageous put you off. For some of us here, I, I, I don't know. You know, I still remember when I was... Um, a student, one well, of the most, you know, you try to use my own life example so I don't get too personal. One uh, well, of the most outrageous things at that time, because piracy was, was, so, was so, you know, rampant and so, so acceptable back then. Uh, I saw a tweet, uh, not a tweet or Instagram post the other day that says that, uh, you know, 20 years ago today, uh, my mom picked up the phone when I was 96% finished downloading a song from Napster. And those of you who are old enough, you'll understand this. And, you're being, and especially because the person has been spending 17 hours downloading that song and it was 96% complete. Some of you are probably thinking like, why does it take so long to download stuff? You know, and what, what is this about a phone? What does a, picking up a phone got to do with the internet? Yeah, in ancient times, the phone and the internet were connected in more ways than one. Uh, they were two, but they were one, you know, and yet, you know, anyway. So, and, uh, you know, when you used one, you couldn't use the other. And uh, so, anyway. Um, and so, I, I, I remember growing up as a student, you know, downloading and all that was, was very common, very popular, uh, very acceptable. And I remember, like, Pastor Kenneth one time preached a message on the Ten Commandments, don't steal. And he says that, do you know that downloading is stealing? And I'm like, ouch. But part of my brain is like, nah, this is just, you know, my pastor being silly, just silly, silly, silly Pastor Kenneth. And then, but he went back. The Holy Spirit kept saying that, yeah, piracy is stealing. You know, how can you be a child of God and, and say you love me and yet you're, you're stealing and, you know, all these kind of things. And I became so convicted that I not only stopped downloading and stopped buying pirated stuff, but I started to throw away some of the things that I had previously bought. I started to delete. Because it's one thing to go like, from today onwards, I will not download. 
I will just enjoy all the things I've downloaded, you know. But it's, if one thing completely to go like, I'm going to clean house and anything in my house that does not, did not legally, that I did not obtain legally, I'm going to do without it because I, I want to honor God with clean hands and a pure heart. Oh man, friends, at that time, it was one of the most outrageous, outrageous things that God had ever spoken to me. Yet in my obedience, not only was I blessed, but I learned that I, I might have been too attached to some of those things, some of those shows and series and, and, and whatever it is, comic books and whatnot, and, and begin to go like, you know what, maybe, maybe that wasn't healthy to start with. And, and, and it took the Holy Spirit outrageously asking me to stop doing something that was so socially acceptable at that time to actually open my eyes to these things that could have distracted me from the, the other things of God. And so I'm so thankful that at one time, that outrageous thing, you know, I overcame it. And the beautiful thing is this, that when you overcome whatever thing that is outrageous to you, and, and you overcome it by being obedient to the Holy Spirit, uh, God just, you know, God just promotes you. But He doesn't promote you with more blessing necessary. He just promotes you with more things to do, really. <laughs> and what I'm saying is, what I'm humbly trying to say is this, that since that decision, the Lord has challenged me to do different things. And I've been blessed, not because I've done those things, but because I've been obedient to God. And, 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 I can humbly say that, you know, coming over here, uh, you know, giving both myself and Pastor Cat at one time, giving up everything, uh, you know, our ministries, our careers, you know, uh, uh, kind of like selling all the stuff in our, in our house. A lot of people ask me, oh, uh, Pastor, are you going back to Malaysia anytime soon? And I say that, nah, not really, because if I go back, I don't have a place to quarantine. And they go like, I thought you own a place. I say, yeah, I do own a place. But, you know, in coming over here, we, we gave up a lot of things and we gave up the internet. And so our place now doesn't even have internet. Our place doesn't have a working washing machine. Our place doesn't have a working fridge. And so if we go back and quarantine at home, it's might as well be in quarantine in jail. Uh, uh, and so no, until things get better, we won't be going back yet. And at one time, it's outrageous because we were just, just two newlyweds. We just got married and God just dropped this dream into our hearts. And while our other friends were giving birth to babies, God was birthing a vision in us to come here to London and to grow His house. And, and, and it was outrageous at one time for us to think that, wow, you know, at, at home, we, we spend money. In fact, we're, we're still paying the mortgage and, and, and paying a mortgage of a house that we don't get to enjoy. Uh, and, and back home, you no, know, we, we had you know, two toilets and a big master bedroom and, and, and all that. And, and I'm not, again, not bragging. It's just, you know, how typical English houses tend to be smaller than, than other places. But the, the hub, which in itself is a blessing, the hub in itself is a blessing, but um, the, the place that we lived in was twice the size of the hub. And even when we came to the hub, you know, we, we you know, anyway, <laughs> but now when I look back, I cannot imagine not coming over here. So, so what I'm trying to say is this, I'm not trying to say, oh, look at my sacrifice, because all of that is nothing. All of that is nothing. It's a greater privilege to be here. What I'm trying to say is this, it's what might seem outrageous, the outrageous act of obedience, friends, could be opening a bigger door of blessing than you can ever imagine. 
And I want to clarify that blessing doesn't mean having more. Because we didn't have more when we came here. We gave up cars, you know, we gave up house, come here, we don't have a car, we got a dog. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's not an upgrade, you know, or maybe it is, I'm not sure, depending on who you ask. Um, but, but I can tell you that blessing is, is about knowing that your life matters, and your life is making a difference, and you're not missing out. Friends, you're not missing out on God's plans and purposes. You see, we could have ignored that outrageous request by the Holy Spirit to leave all and come over here. And, and, and do you know that God doesn't need us? That's the outrageous thing. Today, in an alternate reality, it could be somebody else standing in front of you here preaching. And it's my privilege to stand here and share God's Word with you today. Not because I'm great. I'm not. That's a beautiful thing. I'm not great. But because of my obedience to God, God would use the not great to do some good. And I'm just blessed to be able to stand before all of you guys here today. Privileged to do life with all of you. Blessed to call you my, my chosen family. And, and, and all of that happened not because God needed Dave and Kat. No, God could have used anyone. But God invited Dave and Kat. Is God inviting you to something that right now on the surface sounds so outrageous? Friends, I'm here to encourage you. Maybe it's not as outrageous as it is. Maybe the more outrageous thing is the fact that the God who doesn't need anything wants to invite you. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you are so good and you're still so loving to us even though we are so imperfect. And God, today we get to revisit the Christmas story and, 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 and just look at different things again. And I, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you will just continue to speak into our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that all of us in this season, while we might be busy loving others, caring for others, and it's all very good, blessing others, fantastic. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to, and the ability to, to bless other people, to love other people, to open up our our table, our, our rooms, our houses uh, for friends and family to come over to have a meal together, to celebrate, to have laughter together. We thank you, Lord, for all this. But Lord, we pray that in the midst of celebration, in the midst of bringing cheer, we will not miss out on responding to you personally. And God, we know that it's not just once a year that we need to respond to you. It's not just once in a lifetime that we need to respond to you. But God, every season, you're reminding us, how would you respond to you right now? And so God, even in this Christmas season, when you first came, there was no place for you. There was no room for you. Lord, let us be reminded to make room for you, Lord. To make room for you in our lives. To make room for you in our hearts. To make room for you in our values. To make room for you in our planning. Maybe it's not even just to make room, Lord. But to move things out of the way. Move things that, that you know, things that we've been holding on to. The good that you've blessed us with that we have unknowingly made into an idol. God, maybe that needs to be moved away, moved out of the way so that we do not miss out on your invitation. 
miss out on your move, Holy Spirit. God, what is that ordinary thing that you've been speaking to us into our hearts? What is that ordinary thing? Trust. Maybe for some of us, trust. 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 Because we find it hard to trust. We're, we're, we're hoping God to give us signs and wonders before we trust. And yet God is asking us to trust in a very ordinary tone. Just trust. Maybe for some of us, the ordinary word is pray. Pray. We spend more time worrying than praying. In fact, we tell other people to pray for us, but we ourselves, when was the last time you prayed, friends? And I could be speaking to Christians here. And, and on the outside, there's a form of godliness, but, but you know that it's been a while since you genuinely got down on your knees and you prayed. And maybe that ordinary request by God to pray, maybe, maybe it's, it's a reminder by some people here to, to not just go to God when, when there's a problem, but to make a habit out of just seeking the Lord and drawing close to Him. Maybe for some of us, the ordinary word is serve give invite maybe God wants you to reach out to someone maybe the the, the, the breakthrough you need is, is not just to more of God more of God more of God but to share God because you have more than enough of Him but to share the love of Christ with the people around you and maybe maybe it's as simple as just invite maybe be thinking to yourself oh my friends will never be interested but maybe invite is the word God, I pray, help us to respond to the ordinary challenges. Help us, Lord, to move things out of the way, Lord. And God, I pray, you will give us a, a, a longer sight, a, a bigger vision, a better eyesight to look past that outrageous obstacle that's in front of us right now. And to look past this in hope that, you know what, as outrageous as this is, it's even more outrageous to deny the God who doesn't need anything this request. And maybe God, you have something better in store for me, a deeper walk in store for me, a greater treasure in store for me, a treasure in heaven behind this outrageous obstacle. God, for friends that are struggling with that right now, I pray that you will give us the faith and the courage to obey. Or maybe for some of us, the outrageous thing is in how ordinary the challenge is. And so God, I pray that no matter what it is that is stopping us, no matter what it is that, that might or is tempting us to miss out on you, tempting us to procrastinate on the things of God, God, give us the strength and the will to overcome it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.